we're going to use this series to go through what does it look like to do something in Excel? What does it look like to do something in YNAB, the you need a budget software, in every dollar, in Mint? We're going to take the four foundational principles and we're going to line those up with these different tools. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and on this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to revisit the four foundational principles of a budget, but with the purpose of taking us through the Excel spreadsheet that we've developed, your yearly budget, and helping you to see how that budget actually will help you to manage your money well. That's right. In episode 120, we talked about the four foundational principles of a budget, and we talk about the six steps of how to build a budget. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't built your budget yet, go back and listen to episode 120 and just follow those six steps. It takes time, it takes energy, but those six steps will allow you to actually build your budget. And I recommend when you're building, you're creating that plan, you go to leosabo.com, you download the create a budget Excel sheet mm -hmm. and you build your budget. Today, we're going to be talking about the budget tools that you use long term. Right. So, so there's a phase where you build a budget and then there's a phase where you actually manage the budget. Right. So to build a budget, I'm always going to say go to our build a budget tool. But now we're going to be looking at a bunch of different actual budgeting tools, mm -hmm. how people use to ongoingly manage their budget. We're going to use this series to go through what does it look like to do something in Excel? What does it look like to do something in YNAB, the you need a budget software, in every dollar, in Mint? We're going to look at some of the top apps and softwares that are out there. Right. And the, and the best tools that people know of. And so the thing that, that I did to kind of kick this off was I just did an informal survey mm -hmm. uh, with probably the top 40 people in my phone. And so far, 25 have responded, yep. right? And so I have 25 responses of, you know, what tool do you use personally? Right. And eight said Excel. Hmm. Four said every dollar. Wow, so Excel is twice as much as the second one. Twice as much wow, as the second one. And it's one third of the overall responses, wow. pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mint with three. Uh, three people said paper, two people said YNAB, and one person said it's just all in my head. Uh, which I actually think there's probably even more people out there like that. Yeah. Uh, but but these are the responses that we've gotten so far. And every week as we do this series, I'm going to gather more responses and we're going to see what people are doing mm -hmm. their budget in. So what we're now going to do is we're going to take the four foundational principles and we're going to line those up with these different tools. Mm -hmm. And we're going to say, do these four foundational principles, are they happening inside of your Excel sheet? Right, exactly. Are they happening inside of YNAB? Are they happening inside of Mint? And, and at the end of this, I think that we're going to be able to say, hey, this is a tool that we highly recommend, or this is a tool that we probably would say it's not worth your time unless they make some adjustments to their software. Uh, we, we love everybody that's out there creating budgeting oh, tools and out there encouraging people to budget. So we're not going to disparage or be negative heavily towards anyone at all. These are our friends. I mean, whether they know it or not, right? Like <laughs> yeah. these are people that we completely empathize with and and recognize that they think the same way we do. They've gone right. through the, the years and energy of building out tools to serve people. We love them. Mm -hmm. But when we look at the four foundational principles, 
if you can't use the tool to accomplish all four of those principles, then we're going to say that's probably not the right tool for this season. The other thing that I've noticed as I've looked at different apps over time and as I've coached other people in what to use is that I, I have these four principles in mind that I know need to be part of the process. And the reason they are is because without these in place, there are certain things that are going to be very difficult for you to do. Either you're not going to excel as much as you should be in how you manage your money well. There'll be some overspending going on that's not going to be curbed or mm -hmm. not going to allow you to, to grow in that. So in sharing these four foundational principles, our hope is that as you understand them, you'll see how they fit into managing money well. Now, every one of these apps and companies that have created these apps are trying to do the same thing we are, which is to educate people and help people manage money better. But we all kind of think about it a little bit differently. So we recognize that we have a certain approach and we think it's the best approach, but maybe somebody else disagrees. That's okay. That's okay. There's, there's room here for you to use any app that works for you. What we want to make sure is that you're continuing to grow and excel in your knowledge and ability to manage money well, to reach your goals, all those things. So we're going to share our knowledge and our perspective but we also want to say there is no perfect app or <laughs> system that's yep. going to work for everybody. If there was, there would just be one and all of us would be using it. So because there's differences, we want to cover them and give you the pros and cons and let you decide what works for you, right? Ultimately, we just want you to use something that works for you yes. and it's helping you accomplish the goals and the financial uh, plans that you have for you and your family. That's right. So let's look at the four foundational principles of a budget one more time. And this is a short version. Go back and listen to episode 120 for a full version. But one, you want to assign every dollar. Two, you want to arrange every expense. Three, you want to allocate it evenly. And four, you want to adjust as necessary. So one, assign every dollar. You might consider that to be a zero-based budget. Right. Ahead of time, you're going through and listing out every expense that you're going to spend money on that month. And it's, yeah, it's not just that month, actually. It's looking at the whole year and saying, what do I have to spend this year in housing expenses, in medical, in transportation? And then by doing that, you're taking your whole yearly income, coming up with a monthly amount, and then dividing that up between these categories. That's right. So then you're going to arrange every expense into the major categories and then the subcategories. And so there's probably seven to nine main categories, things like housing. Mm -hmm. And then there are subcategories like rent and electricity and insurance and taxes that right. are all under that housing category. So you assign every dollar before the month begins. Then you arrange it into categories. Then you allocate it evenly, as Leo said, across every month for the year. Mm -hmm. Now, when you are looking at a full year view then you can see if you overspend one month, it rolls into the next month and tells you to spend less the next month. Right. Or if you have a surplus one month, you don't spend all of your clothing money one month. The next month, you have extra money in your clothing category, which allows you to go on and actually buy something that you may really need that month. Or you don't spend for two or three months. As long as it's rolling over, mm -hmm. now you have access to a larger pool of funds when you go to spend that money. And then finally, adjust as necessary. And we're talking about tracking expenses, tra you know, changing categories as you realize you might not need a category. You pay off a credit card. You don't need to have that category there anymore. Yep. You, yep. you save money for a car payment or you know, to put money down on a house. You save that money up in your category over the two, three years, and then you buy a house. 
well, that category is gone. You're probably not going to go save another 20% down payment for a while. So, right. so you're going to make adjustments as needed and everyone is going to learn as they go. So mm-hmm. assign every dollar, arrange every expense, allocate it evenly, and then adjust as necessary. And so now we're going to look at how those four things fit into our Excel sheet right. that we have on leosabo.com. Yeah. And again, from the informal survey, eight out of the 25 people that responded said Excel. And I think that says something about the desire for people to have the ability to do something that works for them. And Excel really does do that. It gives you that ability to manipulate the data or put it in such a way that it makes sense to you. It looks right to you. It's in the right order. So we created this Excel spreadsheet years ago. And granted, it's there's some features of it that are already set in place. Like there are those seven to nine categories already built in, mm-hmm. the main categories. And there are some subcategories that have been assigned. But there's also the ability to add some manual entries. There's some uh, spots in each one of these categories where you can assign some individual ones. You can name them what you want. So there's a little bit of flexibility there. But what's important here to understand is it's one tool. Yes, yes a lot of people from our informal survey use it. But it's just one way to do it. So today we want to cover it so that if it is something you want to do, you should know the positives, right? The pros and the cons, because not everything's perfect. Again, everybody likes it slightly different. So let's look at what's good about this sheet and what potentially might say to you, well, this is a little too much work for me because Excel is a lot more manual intensive labor going on. So let's look at these features. That's right. We're going to do probably the top four tools that are out there based Mm -hmm. on our informal survey. And currently the number one tool being used is Excel. So we're going to start there, but we're looking at every dollar mint and YNAB coming in second, third, and fourth. So those are probably going to be the tools, but we're going to wait on this informal survey and see who else responds. Maybe another tool shows up and surpasses all of them. And we're going to do an episode on that. So, oh, hey, uh, let me just say something. If you guys know of a tool that we're not talking about or that you think is accomplishing these four things, these foundational principles, we would love to hear about it. Uh, We will do the research. We'll test it. We'll do whatever necessary because there are always people asking us, what do you use? What's the best thing? And again, everybody has slightly different needs. But if you guys know of some tools that accomplish these things, now, if they're far off and it's just a a tool that allows you to pull all of your information, including investments and everything else. So it's got a lot of cool features, but it doesn't do these four things well, then great, but we're probably not going to be interested. Mm -hmm. But if you guys do know of some apps and some software out there that we should consider, please let us know. Now, as you're listening to this, if you're near a computer, and since we're talking about our Excel sheet, we absolutely recommend you go over to leosabo.com and you download the yearly budget spreadsheet so you can follow along and see how these features that we're going to talk about help you to manage your budget based on the four foundational principles. Yes. Now, we're also going to communicate this in a way that if you don't have it directly in front of you, you'll still be able to follow along. Sure. But it is helpful to be able to get a visual for what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So first and foremost, just so you know, our Excel sheet system that we have on leosabo.com is uh, broken into three phases. Mm -hmm. And this is a part of the six steps to building a budget. One of those steps is actually pre-tracking everything you spend. So that's phase one. We're not talking about phase one today. The next phase is actually creating your budget. And there's a tool to create your budget. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about creating your budget today. We're talking about your actual budget tool that you use ongoing, moving forward to track and ebb and flow your budget. Mm -hmm. And so we're talking about the actual 
yearly budget tool. And mm -hmm. that's the one you're going to want to look at. Yep. Now, let's look at it in the lens of those four foundational principles. Assign every dollar, arrange every expense, allocate it evenly, and adjust as necessary. Yeah, so let's start with assign every dollar. In the spreadsheet, you're able to assign every dollar based on your yearly income. So one of the benefits of the spreadsheet is that it actually shows you every column for every month of the year. So when you, depending on how big your screen is, I guess, you can actually look at the whole thing. And I like that because it allows you to see if I put in, let's say, $100 toward eating out every month, it automatically plugs that in for the complete rest of the year. So assigning every dollar is not just assigning it this month, it's assigning it this month, but it also multiplies it for each month it looks the same, which is really important because if my income stays the same, then it should be that way. Now, somebody's gonna say, well, wait, what if my income is not the same? Well, something that we recommend for anyone that's budgeting with an irregular income is that you still create a regular budget. And by that, I mean, you have to decide what do I need to live on and what is the minimum amount of money that I'm going to make every month? So then you set your budget, let's say, at $5,000 per month. But next month you make $8,000. Well, that extra $3,000 is going to go into a separate future income account so that the months you make less than $5,000, then you could draw from that account. So it still applies the same way. We don't want you to think, well, I have a regular income. I can't budget. No, this allows you to do it. It's just when do you allocate the money? Again, 5000 a month, each category set up, assigning every dollar to every category allows you to see the whole plan and make a plan for the full year. That's what's called the yearly budget. That's right. And so does it allow you to assign every dollar? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. And at the very top of the tool, you put in how much you're going to bring in that month. Yes. And then you put your budget in what you're actually planning to spend. And as you enter what you're planning to spend, it takes that big dollar number. Let's say it's 5,000 at the top. Mm -hmm. As you allocate 500 towards giving, then it then it shows, okay, you have 4,500 left to allocate. Right. And then as you add $500 for groceries, okay, now you have 4,000 left to allocate. It shows you that you are going towards a zero-based budget. And Correct. once you've allocated all of that money, it'll say zero. And that's a win. That is mm -hmm. assigning every dollar. So right. does our Excel sheet allow you to assign every dollar? Check. Ding, yes. ding, ding. Yes. It does. <laughs> Good. Okay. What about arranging every expense? Yeah. So with arranging every expense, again, we're talking about the categories. This spreadsheet has been created to include all the major categories, such as housing, food, giving, transportation, personal expenses, medical expenses, those kind of things. So yes, you have the ability to create these categories. Uh, they are set up in a certain way. So you're not going to be able to move them around unless you're an Excel genius. And if you are, then go for it. But they are set up in a way that makes sense. We think that the way they're set up will make sense for most people. And there again, there is some manual adjustments. You can create subcategories for each category we've given you to create your own subcategory slot. So you can actually put in something that's very specific to that category that you want to spend in. And then again, you would allocate money toward that. So yes, it does give you the ability to arrange every expense based on the categories and every month they will be the same. That's right. And and there's flexibility because you can create your own on some. Uh, and so that's that's really great. It mm -hmm. does arrange every expense. Again, ding, ding, ding. It does it. Yep. So now let's look at allocating it evenly. So what does it mean to allocate in this budget tool? 
So allocating means that you're taking, again, what we said earlier, if your income is the same every month and you should still create a budget as if it is, then every dollar that you have assigned and have arranged should be allocated every single month. And it should be the same. Even though not every expense uh, will happen every month, you have to anticipate. So for instance, if you're averaging some expenses or some expenses only come once or twice a year, it's still better to manage your money in such a way so that every month you're putting aside money for that expense that's coming six months down the road. So allocating evenly allows you to put in all of your income in a way that slowly and methodically puts money into these subcategories so when the expense comes, the money's there. This prevents you from ever having to go to a credit card, ever having to worry about, well, this month's expenses are higher than what I planned because you are literally thinking through the whole year. And even though an expense might be six months out, because you're creating these categories and putting the money in every single month the same, it allows you to take that expense and break it down to a monthly amount so that it's easy to manage and easy to track. This is where the annual view, this yearly long view is really helpful yeah. in our tool. So it has January right next to February, right next to March, right next to April. And so you can see if I budgeted $100 in January for gifts, and maybe you have a gift category that is overall $200, but 100 of that is going towards Christmas. And mm -hmm. there's a subcategory where you can list out. Christmas, right? and you set aside $100 a month for Christmas in January, well, when you look at February right next to it in the same view, you'll be able to see, oh, if I didn't spend any Christmas money in January, which of course you wouldn't, then in February you have $200. Mm -hmm. And then in March you have $300. And then in April you have $400. And by the time you get to December of that coming year, you have $1,200. So you have allocated that money and you've allocated it evenly across the whole year. And now you'll be able to see, this is what's called a surplus because every month you didn't spend it. So you have $100 that's rolling over as a surplus. You'll also be able to do this with electricity. Electricity one month will be $100 and the next month it'll be $50 mm -hmm. if you're in the winter, right? right? In winter, it'll be 75, 50, 60. So you'll have a surplus that rolls over. Now you've allocated it evenly across the year, 100 bucks a month, but now you're beginning to see that surplus grow so that when you get to summer, you have extra money in that category. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're like, great, my bill is 150 bucks. No problem because I have $50 or you have more than $50 left over in that category. What I've seen in our own personal budget, because this is some, something that we do and I see this in the summer months, my bills are higher than average and the winter months are lower than average. So if my average is $100 a month, and like you said, if it's $60 in, let's say, November, December, January, March, you know, all the way through maybe April or May when it starts to warm up, now my bill might be $150, $175. So it's almost close to you know, $120, $130, 40% of what I allocated. But because I've set the money aside, when I enter the summer months, I'll have three to $400 in that budget category as a balance. So now if I go 150, even though I'm only allocating 100, that balance goes down by 50 because I've overspent. So it just really allows you to have the money ahead of time. You do this long enough, it's going to create such peace because you're going to have the money ahead of time. And you can forecast and then plan it accordingly and then evenly spread that out over the year. 
This is one of the biggest benefits of our Excel sheet that I really think you're going to see as valuable, uh, potentially even compared to some other tools that we'll mm -hmm. look at in the future. Mm -hmm. I agree. So then does it allow you to adjust as necessary? As you learn, as you grow, can you go in and change the column, the category of the amount that you're putting into each category? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you create some goals? So Leo, can you adjust as necessary? Absolutely. In fact, this is one of the best features of this spreadsheet plan is that it's completely manual when it comes to how you allocate. Even though you assign every dollar and you do that by allocating evenly, we know that not every month is going to be perfectly as you planned. So let's say you overspend in a category. Well, you have a couple of options here. One, you can move money from another category for that month to not overspend in that category, or you can allow that overexpense to go over to the following month. So let me give you an example. This is something that Natalie and I, when we started this, until we learned it, it was really hard for us to stick to our budget because we weren't used to a set amount, right? So now since we committed to that, it wasn't as easy as making a commitment and all of a sudden it's happening. We would go over in certain areas. And as we saw that negative number, I wanted to fix it. I'm like, I hate negative numbers. So it's like, okay, I'll just take it from this category or I'll take it from savings and we'll get through it next month. We'll do better. The problem was though, is that by moving the money around, it allowed us to have the full amount the next month. So now over time, if we set aside $1,200, let's say for eating out for the whole year, $100 a month, but I'm spending on average 150 every month and I'm taking it from savings or I'm taking it from other categories, I'm really going from 1200 to 1800 I'm overspending and agreeing to it. What adjusting allows you to do is really look at the numbers realistically. You see what's happening. The number shows up as a negative. Now you can allow it to go to the next month and next month you just discipline yourself to spend less. And actually we had to go through that, David, where I literally allowed it to go into the negative. The next month I had less. So you have to allow the pain of overspending to actually curb your adjusting yeah, and sticking to the categories. Yeah. Yes, because if you don't, and this is something I see with some software, we'll talk about that later, but I see some of them saying, no, 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 you can't overspend, so you got to move stuff around to make it work. The problem is if I did overspend, it doesn't allow me to correct it. It just makes me spend less in another area. But I want to learn how to stick to a specific amount in, let's say, eating out or clothing, whatever it is. This allows you to see the whole year. It allows you an overspend to go over and, and take it from next month's budget. And that I think is a very helpful tool because overall for the year, you're still going to stick to that number that you agreed to at the beginning. That's and right. And that's really important. And one of the biggest things in any budget is the ability to track your expenses. Mm -hmm. And so you've created a plan. You put a budget in place where you're planning to spend $100 a month in clothing or whatever it is. But now you have to actually track. And when you go buy a t-shirt, you put that negative $10 in and then it shows you what you have left. Now mm -hmm. you have 90 bucks in clothing. That that's month. right. That's right. And then you go out and buy shoes and you spend $40. And so, okay, it goes from 100 minus 10 minus 40. Now you have $50 left. Yep. This adjust as necessary because you'll be tracking as you go. You will see what you have left in each category mm -hmm. before the end of the month. So it's real time, it's live. You can see what adjustments you need to make and tracking expenses is so important to budgeting that this is something that we're gonna have to make sure is in every other software, mm -hmm. right? If it's not in a software, then it's missing something really critical. And our tool allows you to track your expenses yes. and then make real time adjustments, which is just a healthy way to do your finances overall. Yep. 
So now we know that it fits all four of the principles. We know that you can use this tool and know that you're fulfilling all four principles of a budget. But let's look at some of the positives and some of the negatives of this particular tool. And mm -hmm. we're going to do this with every tool. Um, but there are a few things about this tool that are going to make it something that somebody might not want to use. Right. And that is okay. Sure. Because we want you to use what you will love and what you will continue to use. So let's look first at the positives. So one of the positives is that you have the ability to enter expenses manually, which keeps you connected to your finances. This is such a crucial part of managing money. Some people who try to manage money well, but don't have a good system that helps them to look at it very often, maybe daily, maybe every other day, but something that allows you to see it. Well, an Excel spreadsheet, because it's manual entry, you can't get any more intimate than that. I think that's a real positive. Yeah, this is exactly how Ashley and I do it is we manually track everything. And so we are very connected to our finances. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to to real time make adjustments as needed. It's very, very helpful. You feel every dollar that you spend as it goes through your hands because you're tracking it manually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not the bank tracking for you. It's you tracking and right. you now have more ownership of this uh, because you have that full picture, this annual plan then it helps you stick to the plan because you can see, okay, I went over a little bit this month, but it's going to even out over time. It's going to be okay. You don't have to panic. Uh, it gives you more control yep. because this is your tool. You can make edits. It's almost fully customizable. Mm -hmm. You can go in and make edits. Now, I will say there are some formulas in this, and this goes over to the negatives in a second. There are some formulas that you don't want to mess up. So, so we'll get to that in a second. Uh, the surpluses and the deficits, they roll over month to month. That's a huge plus. And then goals are easy to set up and manage through this budget because you create your own category. Mm -hmm. So if you have a goal to replace your car in or, or buy a new car in two years, then you just put $100 a month into a new car category. And that $100 a month becomes $1,200 at the end of the year, $2,400 at the end of the next year, $3,600 at the end of the next year. And maybe you decide, I don't want a $3,600 vehicle. Maybe I want a $7,200 vehicle. Then you put 200 bucks a month. But you yep. can set that goal early, and then you can easily move towards that goal in your expense categories. Yeah, I love that feature especially, especially because I can see the goal all the way through the end of the year. So it allows me to set that goal and manage that goal because every single month I can see that growing. And that's really important to me. I wanna make sure that I'm setting up some goals, whether it's saving goals or other types of goals, and that I can manage that through my budget. I don't want it to be something separate. I don't want it to be this additional feature that I have to go into and manage. I want everything to be in front of me so I can see it all and manage it all. That's right, so those are the positives. Now let's look at the negatives. Yeah. And this is kind of funny because the number one positive was that manual entry causes you to be really connected to your finances. Mm -hmm. uh, now, the number one negative is that manual entry is work. Is work. <laughs> it's yeah. tedious for some people. They don't, some people literally are just never going to do manual entry. And, and I, I hate to even say that out loud because it's like gives permission to not do annual, ma manual entry, but that's okay. I do want to give permission to that. There are people that are going to want an Excel sheet or not an Excel sheet, but a tool that connects to their bank downloads their transactions in real time and mm -hmm. enters them into the budget for them. 
And that is not a bad thing. No. Uh, that is actually a deal breaker for many people. They, if, if they can't have it automatically downloaded in, then, they're, then they'll never look at their budget. Mm-hmm. And I would rather you be looking at your, at your budget yeah. off of automatic transactions than, than you not look at the budget because it's too tedious to manually enter. You have to be real, realistic with yes. what you are willing or not willing to do. Don't force yourself to do something. Yes, there are benefits. Like we said, number one reason to do it manually is that it keeps you connected. But also be realistic. If you don't think you're going to do that ongoing, then don't start it that way. Mm-hmm. Find a way that gives you the information so that you could at least slowly begin to change the way you're managing, have more control, have more knowledge, have more ability to stick to it. Rather than saying, well, David and Leo said to do it this way, so I guess I'll just buckle down and do it. No, because if you're not going to do it long term, then it's a waste of your time. And more than anything, you might even be frustrated and say, this might work for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. And that is not true. I've heard that before. And I cringe when I hear it because I say, look, you're smart enough to do this. You just need to find the tool that's going to allow you to do it in a way that gives you the ability to be disciplined enough and also have the information accurate enough to help you make those decisions. So there is the right tool for you, but manual entry is one of those things that some people won't want to do. Excel spreadsheet, it's a must. Right. When I look at the spectrum, you know, if I'm going to fall off a log to the left or to the right, when it comes to manual entry, my wife and I do manual entry. We, yeah. we literally get our physical receipts and we write them down together and it causes us to be connected. Now, just because I lean that way doesn't mean it's wrong if you lean the other way. No, I, no. I love you. I encourage you to do the budget that'll work for you. Um, and and I will say, the, the, what, when Leo and I do workshops to help people build budgets and when we walk somebody through the budget, we'll train them on this tool because it's free and it forces them to manually enter for a season and learn how it works. But then over time, we will we'll offer multiple tools to help transition them to something that does it automatically. So right. we are not opposed to automatic transactions. Uh, actually, uh, we both we love the, the idea of it. It's very cool that it's out there. Now, another negative to this tool is that it's not tied directly to your bank account. And so you can't look at the Excel sheet and see what's in your bank at the same time. Now, the good thing about that is that you're actually going to be living off of the budget tool, not off of what's in your bank. Good point. Because you may have two or $3,000 in your bank over the course of saving money, you know, in each of these categories, you have some money saved for clothing, you have some money saved for car repairs, you have some money saved for Christmas. And now all of a sudden your bank account has a couple thousand dollars in it. And you're like, oh, I can spend money. I can buy whatever I want. It's like, no, 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 no. You shouldn't even be looking at your bank account per se. You should be looking at the budget to see, okay, that money is set aside already. So it's a negative in that a lot of people like to be able to look at their tool and be able to see their bank account inside of their tool. And this will not allow you to do that. And that's just, it's a real negative. Yeah. And one of the other things is that as you're managing this, some people use credit cards. So you can't connect that credit card account to this Excel spreadsheet, whereas another type of software would allow you to build checking, savings, and credit card accounts to be, you know, to be part of the budget and then importing transactions into it. There's a little bit, again, manual labor going on here. If mm-hmm. you choose to use this Excel spreadsheet or any Excel spreadsheet, what you'll need to do is still manage your checking account the way you normally do. And when you update your budget, the balance of that account, because when you look at the spreadsheet, it does have a balance, an overall balance current up to date. Whenever you update your budget, you can look at the top. It'll say net income versus expenses. It'll give you that balance. 
Well, I know that when I was using the spreadsheet for many, many years, every single time I updated my budget, I would look at the balance in my checking account and see if it's the same as it is in my budget. Now, there's no balance tracking in the actual register, but you could still marry that information. It just takes a little bit of manual labor to do so. Right. But it's there. The information's there, easy to learn, easy to apply. It should not be a reason you shouldn't do Excel spreadsheet, but just know that it's not automatic. Mm -hmm. And if mm -hmm. you are using the credit card, you'll have to deduct that negative balance, right? Because you're borrowing money on the credit card and you'll have to pay it more than likely with a checking account. So if you have, let's say, a $500 negative balance in your credit card because you spent on your credit card, but it's still budgeted items, right? You right. still tracked it You're only spending in your on what budget. you budgeted, right. right. You still track it in your budget, but you'll have to deduct that from your checking account balance in order to get to the actual budget balance. Yep. So a little bit of manual labor there. It takes a little time to learn it. But if you are an Excel kind of person, this is an easy thing for you to adjust to. Yes. And you have all the control. So uh, another negative here is that there isn't any hand holding mm. as you go. Right. Uh, now, what I mean by that is that we have a great video that will help you learn how to use the tool. Uh, in fact, I actually just talked to somebody this week that has gone through and created the video in Spanish. Mm -hmm. If you want to do a Spanish version and they've turned our tool into a Spanish version of the tool. And I love it. It looks great. Yep. So we have the education side of how the tool works, but Leo and I are not sitting next to you ready to help you if you don't understand something in the moment. Right. So you're going to have to learn as you go. And the nice thing about a lot of these softwares and tools online is that there's a help button yeah. and, and there's video tutorials for every little thing. And, and Leo forums. And, I, and, and forums yep. and people to ask. And that's just not where Leo and I spend our time. And so so this is, this is going to be a little bit of a learning curve for you. And that is a negative to this tool. And finally, our Excel sheet is editable. You can make edits. But if you're not careful, if you don't understand Excel, you could accidentally delete a formula that's in the Excel sheet and cause it to mess up some other numbers. So a negative is that you have to be very aware and cautious of how the tool works. If you're going to make your own edits. Uh, now, there are some categories that are easily editable where you can't mess anything up. But if you want to unprotect that Excel sheet. And if you know about Excel, you know what I mean? If you want to make it where you can edit anything, the colors, the size of the columns, you just have to be aware that you could accidentally delete something and it could, it could mess something up. So that is a negative. And, and so we just want you to realize there are positives and negatives to every tool. Mm -hmm. And we built this tool to have a free option out there for you to First, build your budget and then learn how to live on your budget. In the next couple episodes, we're going to look at some other tools that you could potentially graduate to as well. Yeah. So last, we just want to mention that there are people out there that kind of gravitate toward Excel spreadsheets. And the one we created, we think is really good for that. But you might take that and decide, you know, it doesn't do certain things that I want it to do. Maybe you want to add some features that we didn't add in. We tried to make this tool be as simple as possible, although that's not always easy with budgeting, especially when you're looking at a yearly plan. But we try to make it simple enough so that somebody coming new into this world of Excel wouldn't be overwhelmed by it. And that's why we have videos set up so that it walks them through it. So if you want something more customizable, we understand that. That's something that we encourage you to do. More than likely, you're going to be like in the numbers way more than even we are. And that's okay. You know, there's not anything wrong with spending too much time on it. I guess if you spend too much, that might be, but check with your relationships in your life so you're not committing too many hours to your budget every month. But ultimately, we wanted to create something that's easy. If you want to go beyond that, go for it. Yes. Uh, so just so you're aware, Ashley and I 
we learned off of the creating your budget tool and we learned off of tools like this, but then we went and created our own tool in Excel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not actively using this tool that we give away today because I have gone and made extra edits and tweaks and minor little things that really personalize it. Right. That's the benefit of Excel is that you can save it. You have history for years and years. You can look back at what you've done in the past. You can see it grow over time as you add in new new tracking features, new savings goals, new different things. You can say, hey, I changed the colors this year, made it more user-friendly. Yeah. You have control. And that is one of the great benefits of Excel, which I believe is why when we did our informal survey of 25 people so far, mm -hmm. eight said, hey, we're using Excel because yep. they got to build it. They can edit it. They own it. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode and I just want to thank you for joining us. Uh, if you did enjoy it, please rate and review and then subscribe on iTunes or on your Android device so that it's easier for more people to find and benefit from the show. Uh, you can also go on to social media. You can find Leo Sabo or David Thompson and follow us on social media. Come connect with us. Come comment on our posts. Uh, we're going we're gonna to put up some actually really nice visuals that help with the four fundamentals, of the four principles of what it looks like to have a budget in place and, and really lay that out visually. We're going to put the six steps into a visual. So <clears throat> we're going to give you additional tools through our social media platforms. Check us out there. Add comments. We'll probably do this informal survey. We'll actually probably expand it through our social media as well. Uh, you can also go over to stewardshippastors.com. That's my website where I help other pastors and spiritual leaders to train their congregation, their people in budgeting, debt reduction, and what it means to follow a biblical plan for their finances. Uh, I've got a book on there that's coming out soon called Jesus on Money. And Jesus had so much to say about finances and treasure and your personal management of the things that have been entrusted to you by God. And so there are, I, I, I personally found about 800 verses that I went through and have categorized and sorted. And that book is going to be a great resource if you come from a Christian worldview and a Christian perspective to managing your finances. Uh, you can share it with your pastor or a spiritual leader in your congregation to help build good practices and processes in being a good manager or a good steward. Yeah. Uh, and then definitely go over to leosabo.com and find the show notes for this episode, more content, and all the tools that we talked about. Right. You can download them for free and begin to follow along. And then finally, we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep, keep getting, getting money right. right. We try to make it simple enough so that somebody coming new into this world of Excel wouldn't be overwhelmed by it. And that's why we have videos set up so that it walks them through it. So if you want something more customizable, we understand that. That's something that we encourage you to do.